Okay, here we go. You thought that was extinct? You thought I was dead, did you? <laughs> you stupid moron. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm in the witness protection program, but I'm alive. Yeah, this is the first ever. This is like I'm a virgin podcaster. I, until about six months ago, I didn't know what a podcast was. I didn't know what that was, but we, we're going to figure that out. And I can promise you this. The minute this podcast starts to suck, I'm out of here. Whoever thought that my 45-year illustrious broadcast career would come down to me sitting in a den of iniquity in lovely Sudbury, Massachusetts, with a bunch of freaks, like-minded freaks, putting together a podcast. Of course, after being unceremoniously dumped with no going-away party for 23 years, I'm, I'm okay. I'm alive, everybody, living in beautiful Upton, Massachusetts, with my lovely wife and my two children and my dog, Shithead. Uh, but we're back at it again just for laughs, and I can promise you this. We are going to have some fun on this podcast. It will be not only by appointment, but it doesn't cost you a goddamn penny. Not one single penny. But having never done a podcast before, I said, how can I do a podcast without recruiting the best person I can think of, uh, someone who's actually done quality podcasts in the past, somebody with a quick wit and a creative mind. I said, how can I do a podcast without getting this guy on board? I couldn't get him, but I got Ben Kitchen instead. Young Ben. You son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I already hate this. Why am I here? Oh, Ben. I already hate you. What do you mean you hate me? Because I'm old? Yes. Is that what it is? You're, you're constantly giving I, me shit because I'm old. Well, you are old. We know that. It's a fact. And you deserve it. Well, it's just a station in life. It's not a, hey, age. You shouldn't use age discrimination. Do you know that a wiser shouldn't. man than both of us named Confucius? You know what he said about old guys? No, you, but you're going to tell me and I you're going to butcher it. I'm going to tell you. This is exactly what he said. He said it. He didn't say it in this voice, but let me try my best to impersonate oh, him. God. Okay. <clears throat> uh, young men think old men are fools, but old men know young men are fools. Thanks. <laughs> I guess that's why he's been dead for 2,000 years. Uh, so, Ben, how you been, man? Good, Mikey. Good. How have you been in your uh, exile? Great. I, you know, I had a little brief stop in New Hampshire. I yeah. went up there and worked at a radio station up there called Frank. <laughs> uh, if you're going to name a radio station, let me ask you. Would you name a radio station after yourself? No, you no, wouldn't. No, I wouldn't it. name it Ben FM. <laughs> it's just like there was a Mike FM. There was. It became ninety three seven, didn't it? Uh, but no, I. The, the, just like you, it got thrown off the air by WEI. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Frank in New Hampshire, and I had like I think I had you know we were doing pretty good. I, I was up to like twelve, fourteen listeners. <laughs> wow. Uh, but they pulled. That's the about plug. eleven more than me in Providence. They pulled the plug. I you know it was, it was interesting about that was they do radio so differently in New Hampshire. They really do. It's not with all due respect. You know, it's it's not Boston radio. It's like you say. Okay. Explain. Well, they say, well, we got a 30-second spot, and they go, what's, what's that? <laughs> uh, they, 
you know, nice people. I worked with some nice people up there, like Doc, who took my job when I left. No, it sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, no, a good guy. And there's good people in New Hampshire. I really enjoyed being in New Hampshire when I was there. It was the driving back and forth that almost killed me. Do you know how many times in a trip from Upton, Massachusetts to New Hampshire, I gave somebody the finger? Twelve. Rough. That was about my average. I'm like Matt Dillon, you know, with the quick draw. When someone does something to me on the road, it's like I don't waste any time. I don't screw around. Up comes the finger. Bang. And the horn, eh, eh, bing, like this, you know. Both see, hands see, sometimes. To accentuate the age gap, you say Matt Dillon. I know you're talking about some crappy 50s or 60s Western. But when you say that, I think of Johnny Drama from Entourage. Yeah. Yeah, the actor. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So what? What does that have to do with it? Stole the shit. No, Matt Dillon. <laughs> Matt Dillon. Was it Gunsmoke? Yes. Okay. Okay, so you're go- I give him an A for today so far. Ben's already got an A for knowing who Matt Dillon is. By the way, reruns on my cable box, it's channel 184. You can get the Gunsmoke uh, reruns anytime you want to with Doc Adams, you know, the old grizzled old angry old doctor, you know, who probably didn't know shit about medicine. Uh, do you have a doctor? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen him in about it, six is it, years. Is it a man? It is. I have a woman doctor. How does that go? It is so. I never when had. You a, have to cough and turn to the left. I, well, she hasn't done that yet. I've been asking. I <laughs> when when you have a woman doctor for the first time, it's a weird thing. I, I got in there and I said, oh, "This is going to be." I'm a little nervous, you know. Nice woman, very smart. So I, I've asked her a few questions. I didn't want to get you know too weird with her because, after all, she's a woman and I'm a man. So I said to her, Doc, what's the difference between a, a thermometer and a rectal thermometer? She said, the taste. So anyway, so she's a great doctor. And I'm very happy with her. And I'm completely oh, healthy. Shitty joke. Complete, I am completely healthy as well. Uh, so uh, I just, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, this is kind of great. It's kind of different because it's not, you know, I did 10,000 radio shows in my career. This is not a radio show, so but this is podcast number one, and we're happy to have any of you listening, uh, listening at this juncture. Uh, now you've had a relatively short radio career, ten years. Yeah, ten, twelve years. Ten, twelve. Oh, oh. 10, 12. 10, 12. Not, right certainly not Somewhere 11. Right yeah. <laughs> 10 or 12. You can rule out 11 immediately. Uh, about, yeah, actually, 11 years. But so actually, you, to be honest, it is you, 11 years. Since you obviously didn't know who Matt Dillon was, really, truly, you, you groped for that. You grabbed it. You retract, You pulled that out of your ass. Yeah, it was one of the two crappy 50s Westerns that was I could think crappy? of. It wasn't crappy. It ran for 20 years. Or... Uh, Smitty, tell him. It ran for 20 years. I'll tell him. I'll tell him for you. He Thanks. <laughs> he doesn't have a microphone. It was either Gunsmoke or Bonanza, and I knew it wasn't Bonanza. Bonanza was, was brutally, compared to Gunsmoke, Gunsmoke actually had storylines. They had Dennis Weaver. Uh, yeah, they black had and white. Miss Kitty, before she was gross. I mean, it was good. Matt Dillon, James Arness, who's, by the way, the brother of, uh, who's the guy that was... Peter Graves was in. Thank you very much. See, see, that's what when you're old, you know stuff. Peter Graves' brother, Peter Graves, in Mission Impossible. He was the pilot on, yeah, uh, on airplane. the airplane. James Arness was six foot six. He was a big, huge dude. And anyway, I don't want to do a whole podcast about Gunsmoke. Please, I wanted to tell you some stories, Thanks. a couple of stories, because here's the thing: I've been fired and hired dozens and dozens of times in this business, but I've had a fun time of doing it, and I. 
constantly bopping around from radio, TV, back and forth. The key to this industry, as you know, is trying to prolong the firing process for as long as you can. I have to tell you that when you're as dedicated as I am to this industry, <laughs> I'm sorry, you, you all, everybody has stories about what happened in the swirling world of radio. Like, for example, yeah. my first job in radio, do you know how much I made an hour? Talk about old. <sighs> an hour? An hour. My hourly rate in my first radio gig in 1973, which is 45 years ago last January. Ten bucks an hour? One eighty-five, a dollar eighty-five an hour. Correct. So if I worked forty hours, I got seventy-two dollars gross, and I netted sixty bucks full time. Ugh. Yeah. Now what? What did you? What year did you say? Seventy-three. 73. But and I was eighteen. I wasn't even quite nineteen years old. Why did yet. I think ten dollars an hour? What the hell's wrong with me? Never. I didn't make ten dollars an hour in my I, first job. In order to make ten dollars an hour back then, I would have had to been a a, a gigolo as well. As a radio personality. But I wasn't a personality. My first job in radio, they said, okay, $1.85 an hour. You work midnight to 6 in the morning. And between midnight and 2, you're going to play these religious evangelist guys. And then from 2 to 3, you're going to open up the phone lines and talk about public affairs. Till 3 a.m., okay, on a Class 4 a.m. station, which is 1,000 watts day. But I was on at night, 250 watts at night. At 12.30 a.m. out of Manchester, Connecticut. I had... Absolutely zero listeners, okay? And here's how I knew that. At 2 o'clock, I'd open up the phones and I'd say, okay, here I am, 18. I don't know any about public affairs, news, nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing about anything. And I said, okay, well, give us a call, 646-1230. We'll talk about blah, blah, blah. Uh, and the legislature did this and the Hartford. Blah, blah. Give me a call. Let us know. No calls. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I said, okay. I started to get more, more testy, more uh, edgy. I'd say stuff like, all right, I think this politician's a crook. What do you think of them? Nothing. No calls. I'd say, all right, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt's a whore. What do you think of that? Give me a call. Right? Nothing. I got zero. I said, the Pope's a pimp. What do you think? Nothing. So I said, okay, nobody's listening. So I had to be sure. So I said, here's what I'm going to do. Caller number five wins $500. And if I got the call, I was going to just say, okay, we have a winner and make up a name. You know, just lying. No calls. I'm giving away 500 bucks. No calls. All you had to do is call. You win the money. Nothing. So I just put on Barbara Streisand albums and let them track, went outside and smoked pot. When they finally put me in primetime, I say primetime, it was the evenings, and there was a guy I was working with named Jay Diamond. Jay Diamond smoked two packs of Luckies a day, in, uh, used an entire bottle of Dristan nasal spray, and drank six cups of coffee in a, in a five-hour show. He was a nervous, twitchy wreck. He had worst complexion ever. You think Mike Schmidt had a bad complexion or Randy Johnson? This guy looked like he played goaltender for the dart team for 20 years. <laughs> His name was Jay Diamond, and he was twitching and and he had this face, and he was out of his mind. So anyway, he let me one night read the news on his show. He says, okay, go do rip and read and come do the headlines at the top of the hour. So I come back. I'm doing the thing. My first time on the air. I'm like, in Hartford, the legislature. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm like, such and such. That's the news. I'm Mike Adams. <laughs> I go up to him and I say, how was it? He looks at me. He goes, don't yell. <laughs> That's all he said. I felt like I was about an inch tall. I, and I, but then when I listened to the tape, I was <laughs> yelling like an idiot. What's wrong with me? Uh, but that's, uh, you know, the great WINF in Manchester, Connecticut, class four, 250 watts at night. Now, 
I could have gone to the parking lot and yelled, and more people would have heard me than heard me on the, the weak sister signal they had. It was brutal. That's the saddest part. I mean, I had a hair dryer at home that was a thousand watts. You know, two fifty. What am I doing here? So I did. I did smoke a lot of pot during that overnight shift, and uh, the rest, as they say, is I can't remember. My first like full time radio producing job was with a morning station on an AM in Boston that no one listened to. We got one phone call, one phone caller <laughs> a week. Oh, Dave from Lynn. Yeah, he'd call up spewed off something ridiculous yeah. and then try and talk about wrestling with the host this is a five-hour show a morning show oh. that nobody listened to and i and the host monologued for five hours that's brutal although he earned his money right yeah he or, probably got about 50 grand a year. See, that's the hardest Maybe. thing in the world to me you know he's probably at, getting 35 grand a year. at eei you're doing a talk show you ask for calls you get millions of calls so you got someone to talk to if you don't get calls and that's how it was back then i, mean, I, I got this I got a call one time from a woman. Her name was Emily Weed, and she was in a, a convalescent home, and she had truly no life whatsoever. And she would just talk about her family and things she did today, shopping, and, cause, and we'd let her talk because we were trying to get through the hour. You know, didn't matter what she said. I used to put the phone down and let her talk because she would self-segue into the next topic. And I'd go out and smoke a cigarette, come back, and then she'd say, so anyway. But anyway, the other day, and she'd start, Emily Weed. So then she fell. We didn't hear from her. She fell, broke her hip. So I started calling her Tumbleweed. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, she probably died in that nursing home. Probably the, the only listener of WINF, so she she deserves a place in our Merely house. weeks later. Yeah, yeah, just moments later, probably, after we got done talking about it. So anyway, the radio business, I say this, and Ben, you know this, yep. he's been very, very good to me. I did 45 years, and I didn't really ever have to work hard. Yeah, we noticed. <laughs> there was nothing, like, the difficult about it, you know, People work real jobs. Uh, they, they go out, they dig ditches, or they drive a truck, or they roofing you know, work at at uh, Home Depot, whatever. Those are jobs where they're looking at the clock, going, oh, "I can't wait till this day's over." You know, radio. First of all, you got a four hour day, sometimes maybe a little longer, but generally, you know, a four hour shift, and you're you're done. And it's like, and so, and what do you have to do? What's oh, I got to talk about sports. Oh, that's difficult. You know, oh, geez, you know. Uh, so that was a great gig. At EEI uh, for many, many years. It didn't end well, but I'm going to promise the listeners to this podcast that there will be a full unburial of all the facts surrounding my unceremonious departure from WEEI, who was responsible, who the dickheads were in that trip. But that's for another night because, you know, that's for another day, another show, another thing. I'm completely recovered from it, but I still have I still have a couple of scores to even, and I'll get to that in, in future podcasts, and it'll be great. Everybody will be exposed for what they are and why I think so, with malice toward none, except a couple yeah. of assholes. Sure. <laughs> All right. So anyway, this is where we change gears. This is where the little matronly woman comes from behind the counter at the cheap motel you rented. With your girlfriend, Griselda. And she said, yeah, help you. Help you. Yeah. How about just using regular English to me here? May I help you? Uh, <laughs> and whenever you hear the bell, whenever you hear the bell, that's when we're going to move on to a different topic. Okay, you ready? 
You know, back in my heyday, I don't know if you know this, I was elected smartest man alive back you in the nineties. Bestowed upon, yeah, the moniker. And I used to smartest man alive. I used to get a lot of attention for being the smartest man alive. And it's not again. It's not about being most intelligent. I'm not even snobby about this, for God's sake. It's not not most educated, not most uh, quick witted or any of that stuff. Just smartest. You know, I know more stuff than anybody else, pretty much. Um, I like that you're not really conceited about it. No, you're just it, matter of fact. Okay, I'm just, but why should I? I don't go around talking about it. It's not, I don't have a shirt really? that says smartest man alive on it, but I do bring it up once in a while in situations like that. Oh, give, me a, give me any question. I don't care what. All right. Uh, Doesn't who, matter what it is or what topic or when it's from. Okay, go ahead. Who is the 15th U.S. president? Oh, you're, so you're an asshole, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 don't, you don't know? Harrison. Go ahead, ask me another one. Really? That was it? Yeah, ask me another one. Any president. Are you sure it was Harrison? Yeah, let me start at the beginning. Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, John Quincy Adams, uh, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren. Are you testing me? Ask me another question. I, I thought it was James Buchanan. Oh, oh, you said 15th. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear you. Oh, I didn't okay. hear you right. My apologies. I'll enunciate better next time. Try, please. I'm sorry. I mean, the 12th, you know, Franklin Pierce. Come on. I mean, this isn't something I don't know. Just please try to speak up so I can understand you. I want you to prove that you're the smartest man alive. All right. Proof is what we need. And only someone who's really smart would the remember. The smartest man alive. Let me, think. Let me think. All right. Sing the 1961 Brill Cream commercial. Okay. Okay. Um. So smart. Brill cream, a little dabble, do you? Use more, only if you dare. Brill cream, the gals will all pursue you. They'll love to put their fingers in your hair. That sounds gross, but that's what they say in the commercial. I swear to God. What's wrong with you? I t- this how That's the freaking commercial, I don't man. believe it. I thought I was clear with my Google first it. question. Google I believe it. you were wrong. All right, fine. I know. Pa- I'll pause Google the, it pause the to thing. prove that you were more than likely we're wrong. Go- we're Googling as you right now. They'll love to put their fingers in your hair. <laughs> uh, hey, that would have been a good porn movie. A little dabble, do you? Uh, so anyway, so now that you know that... Please tread lightly on it, because and show some f-ing respect. Is our bleep machine working yet? All right, we have a bleep machine. Smitty got it for us. It's magic. Every time you say a f-ing swear word, it's like, boop. you know, it's great. I could, I wish I could use that at home around my kids. All right, see if it, if the, we'll know the bleep machine's working well if it bleeps this. Ready? Suck my f-ing fat hog in hell, you sucking motherfucker. <laughs> You're like a 12-year-old who finally gets to swear in front of his dad. And his dad is 30 years younger That's than him. That's right. But just don't, don't forget, the one, if you take one thing out of this podcast, it's that a little dab will do you. Just a little dab. You don't want too much. It's time now for Around the Weird. Around the Weird with uh, Ben Kitchen and yours truly, Mikey Adams. And guess what? Uh, we try to leave not only no stone unturned, but no turn unstoned as we present Around the Weird. Your first, Ben. Authorities nab suspected serial diaper dumper. And well, they should. 
Franklin, New Jersey. Authorities say they've captured a man suspected of dumping his grandson's soiled diapers along several New Jersey roadways over the past year. Doesn't explain why the Jersey Turnpike smells like well, shit. No, but see, no one noticed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Franklin Township police say an officer acting on a hunch spotted a 68-year-old William Friedman leaving a load of diapers in the area of Routes 47 and 40 around 3.15 a.m. Sunday. He was taken into custody after a traffic stop. Friedman allegedly told police the diapers came from his grandson, adding that leaving them around town without getting caught almost became a game. Did you ever hear a DNA, Grandpa? Authorities say a motorcyclist crashed in June after running over a diaper Friedman had allegedly dropped. The motorcyclist suffered minor injuries and his bike was totaled. Friedman has been charged with interference in transportation or interference with transportation. He faces up to one thousand dollars in fines. It, they should I, honestly. What a load he of should shit. do time. He should do time. You can't do that. You know. I mean, I'm no scatologist, but this fecality of this is shitty. All right, now we go to Florida for. We go to Florida for story number two, and we always go to Florida because that's where the weird shit happens in St. Petersburg. Uh, I'm going to need my readers for this. Uh, <laughs> you got them? Holy, you're right. I am and, old. And you wonder why I make fun of you. I, you know, I, I, now that I have to put on readers, huh, Smitty? Huh? Uh, you know, here's how you know you're getting old, though. You go out to dinner, and they make you pay up front. <laughs> St. Petersburg, Florida. Chicken wings, beer, and a burglar? Mm-hmm. But that's not the end of the story. Two men broke into the same restaurant the same night, and a St. Petersburg police officer had to review all kinds of surveillance video. First video shows a man riding his bike up to the restaurant and pedaling around the parking lot for 10 minutes, then slipping in through the back gate. After he wandered around for a bit, he opened the door to a shed for storing odds and ends and removes them one by one. Then he goes into the restaurant bathroom. He exits without his clothes. He proceeds to sit naked at one of the restaurant's picnic tables and digs into a meal that he brought with him. (laughs) Maruchan instant lunch ramen. (laughs) It's good stuff. The video also shows him naked, eating the ramen noodles, and playing the bongos. This guy was weird, but he was the, was only one of two guys that broke into this restaurant because the other guy broke in and just enjoyed a nice chicken dinner, which is what you normally would do when you break in. After you see the cash register's empty, you have a free meal and you leave. Maybe you take a dump, you know, or whatever you got to do, but then you're out of there. This guy sat down after pedaling his bike around a parking lot playing the bongos. Do you think he has an issue or two? Man, 69. Who identifies as 20 years younger begins legal battle to change age. Care to comment? No. Okay. Uh, I, look, at if I could change my age to any age that I've ever been my whole life, yeah. it would be one. Is that when you were in your best shape? That's when I, things were best, as far as I can peak? remember. Yeah, as far as I can remember. I had no issues then. That's why. I'd go back to uh, high school, make sure I studied and did my homework so I wasn't 33 years old sitting in a basement in Sudbury doing a stupid fucking podcast with you. You think that would have helped you, huh? A little bit. <laughs> a 69-year-old pensioner who says he has the body of a 45-year-old is taking action to legally change his age to improve his job prospects and luck with women on Tinder. Sure. Dutch entrepreneur Emil Rattelband is hoping he'll be able to change his date of birth from March 11th, 1949 to March 11th, 1969 
after his doctor said he has the body of someone more than 20 years younger than himself. Ooh, wow. So he gets yeah. the girl. Just because he has the body of yeah. a 49-year-old woman in his trunk doesn't mm-hmm. mean he can change his age. She says, oh, you look good. He gets, he gets the guy's, she gets the guy's clothes off, and she goes, what are those steamed clams you call your balls? <laughs> what the hell's going on down there, scrotum face? He argues if transgender people are legally allowed to change their sex, then he should be allowed to change his age. The self-help guru, who described himself as a, quote, young god, is taking action against his local authority after it refused to change his age on official documents. <laughs> he said, you can change your name, you can change your gender, why not your age? How about both? Why doesn't he change himself into a 19-year-old girl and be happy for the rest of his life? He said, when I'm 69, I am limited. If I'm 49, then I can buy a new house, drive a different car, I can take up more work. When I'm on Tinder and it says I'm 69, I don't get an answer. That kind of actually surprises me. This guy's an idiot. When I'm 49, with the face I have, I will be in a luxurious position. Well, when I'm 69, I just hope to be laying down. (laughs) Hey, what podcast would be a podcast without a sponsor? Now, I had a a long, illustrious radio career talking about uh, Dr. Robert Leonard and uh, and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates and Dr. Matthew Lepresti and all those guys who do an unbelievable job. As he did on my hair, look, look, at, look, look at the hair. Look at this, Ben. I mean, for God's sake. Uh, in 2003, I went to Dr. Leonard. Well, you know what? Instead of that, why don't we just play a 30-second commercial for the great Dr. Leonard 1-800-GET-HAIR? Ah, oh, chief. License and registration, please. What, what did I do? DWB. Driving while balding, sir. That's illegal? That's the glare from your head, sir. Danger to other motorists. Well, what can I do? A. Close the sunroof. B. Call Dr. Robert Leonard at 1-800-GET-HAIR. I love my sunroof. Well, you loved your hair, too, remember, sir? Yeah. Consider this a warning, sir. You need your hair. Okay, okay. And close the sunroof. Dr. Robert Leonard, 1-800-GET-HAIR, with offices in Boston, Newton, Worcester, and Hyannis. All right, well, before we call the first uh, maiden voyage of this podcast uh, a night, let's, uh, can we mention Serena Williams for a second? Uh, We can. Why? She's Woman of the Year on GQ Magazine. Says who? Says the magazine. Why? Because she's the only tennis star in history that can get pregnant, have a baby, go win a tennis tournament, and then crush 40 walnuts with her butt cheeks. I, you know what? I give more credit to, uh, what was it, Monica Seles? Because she got stabbed in the back. Literally. (laughs) Women have babies every day. Women don't, well, sadly they probably do. But they don't get stabbed in the back every day and resume a professional sporting career. That's true. But she was such a baby about it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't scream like that when I got stabbed in the back at EEI. Jesus. (laughs) We got to get out of here, right? Ben, can you be back here next week at the same time for our podcast number two? No. Perfect. Perfect.